Connor Berkeley is a fitness influencer on Instagram with 3.5 thousand followers and TikTok with 28 thousand followers. He has been training consistently for two years and started posting fitness content on social media in his freshman year of college. In this episode, Connor and I talk about a wide variety of fitness topics such as sleep, nutrition, and training splits. We also dive into social media, more specifically the topic of overcoming social anxiety that comes with starting to post, fitness Twitter, as well as overall social media growth. Without further ado, let's jump into the episode. Connor, how's it going, man? Hey, what's up, Jack? How's it going? Good, dude. Thanks for taking the time to come on here. Um, of course. Would you want to give a quick, brief introduction? Uh, say a little bit about who you are. Yeah, for sure. So my name is Connor. Um, I make fitness videos on TikTok and Instagram. Uh, most people call me Corn or know me by Corn. Um, it's just a nickname I go by a lot. Sweet. And and what first inspired you to start posting on Instagram? And when was this? So about probably like a year ago, like pretty much exactly. I started posting fitness content on TikTok and uh, I just got big into the gym and I was like, I could go somewhere with this. So I just started posting on there and then I decided to make a fitness Instagram just because Instagram, I could reach more people, build like a bit bigger following. So I kind of started that just about a year ago. Um, and I just thought I could take it as far as I wanted, really. Yeah, I think it's it's really cool that you just jumped into it and did it because I've had like I've had thoughts about doing like a fitness Instagram before, and I've actually done one, <clears throat> but I always kept it private. I always kept it with like five or six people, like a close group of guys, like just tracking each other's progress. So, like, how did you overcome that initial social anxiety? Because I'm sure that was a thing. Oh, yeah, that was huge. So I started when I was at, at college. So I was only living with, like, my friends. So I only really cared what they thought. And whoever was just going to say, hit me up and, like, be mean about it, I was just, like, didn't listen to them. So I was really just filtered to who I talked to and listened to, I guess. So the anxiety or, like, beef that came along with it, I didn't really mind it until like I got home and then I was already had an influence on a decent amount of people. Yeah. So. And that's the interesting thing is like, I think you went about it in a really smart way. Like you only valued the opinions of those really close to you. And I'm assuming like those couple guys who you were living with, like they're very supportive of what you were trying to do. Oh yeah, for sure. They take my videos. They give me feedback on videos before I posted them give me ideas, you know, they're really supportive. And then when you come back from college, now you already kind of have this like brand or like this account and even a bigger following on TikTok. So like you see friends from high school, maybe that you haven't seen in a while. Like what was the general reaction there? Um, so at first I thought it'd be kind of bad. Like, yo, it's this TikTok boy. 
but you know <laughs> so people are actually i feel like are genuinely like uh kind of like i don't even know how to describe it but they're not rude about it like i i mess with what, what you're doing like it's kind of sick what you do um keep it up kind of stuff and um it was a total surprise for me because I for sure thought I was going to get made fun of or, you know, talked about in a bad way. Same here. I've had like a very similar experience, like starting this, this Twitter account, like this podcast, like there's always a little thing in the back of your mind where it's like, I wonder what these people would think about me, like going back to high school type of people. But in mm -hmm. reality, like it doesn't matter at all. No. And also the people who are going to support you from that time in your life, like those are the, the real friends you can count on. And the ones right. who maybe don't like, okay, now you just learned something new about them too. Oh, exactly. It's just who's there and who's not. You just figure it out. Yeah. And so what exactly, like why fitness? Like what got you into fitness in the first place? Um, so when I first, I started working on in October of 2020 and, uh, I was like, you know, 6'2", 160 pounds. I was skinny and I was like, just broke up with my girlfriend at the time. And I was like, what am I going to do now? Started working out, had no clue what I was doing. Um, and then over time, I started seeing progress, you know, got addicted to it, fell in love with it. And now we're here. Damn, so <clears throat> it sounds like, around October 2020 like you go through this little bit of a rough period and then you oh, turn to sure. the gym and so that's something that I feel like is such a common theme among like young guys especially is like you get your heart broken or something and like <laughs> what do you do first thing you do is go to the gym you're trying to improve yourself which I think is awesome um oh, yeah. it's super admirable but yeah like even now any the slightest inconvenience it's just gym and you, like, not even just working out, just going there, either hitting the bag for a while or going on the treadmill or something. It just eases my mind, I guess. Yeah, it's like your outlet or, like, your vice. Yeah, and I think exactly. I've, I've wrote about this in the past. Like, everybody has a vice. It's just, like, what is your vice? Is it destructive or is it constructive? And, like, obviously having a an inclination to go to the gym whenever you're feeling a little bit stressed or down, like, that is a much better alternative to having to like go drink a case of beer or like having to go like smoke a oh, bunch of sure. weed to, to de-stress. So I think that's a really cool framework that you're operating in. Um, so I guess going off that, like how have you stayed so consistent since that point? Because it's been over two, two years now and that's a long time to stick with something. Yeah. So, um, Seeing progress, obviously, like in the first year of lifting, you're going to see all these gains so quickly because your body's not used to it. It's called like newbie gains, I guess you could say. Um, and those are obviously fun to watch. And uh, once you hit like a year, year and a half, two years, gains don't really come anymore. So you kind of rely on discipline and what you want to do with working out. But uh, how I stay consistent is pretty much just remembering what I looked like and looking at progress pictures or how I felt back then um, and just hopes to never do that again. Yeah. I mean, that makes a lot of sense. Um, and it's interesting like that to me that you got so big into lifting and fitness after high school, because I know we grew up like playing sports all the time. Like 
football, like all these other sports. So were you not as big into the gym like during high school football and then it kind of switched afterwards? Oh, yeah. I think about that all the time. Like, what if I was this size in high school? Like, I could be playing Division One football at wherever I want. But, no, in high school, there was a period where I worked out with my older brother for a while. and uh, But I was never really focused on it. It was kind of just going through the motions kind of thing, um, which I regret, really. Well, I mean, it taught you a valuable lesson. And then you can realize that, like, high school football or like high school in general, like it's, it's such a small part of your life. And now you can have this habit for the rest of your life. Um, and so I wanted to get into that, something you just said about going through the motions, because mm -hmm. sometimes I feel that in myself, like yesterday I had a leg day and like I was doing a five by five squat and a five by five deadlift. And mm -hmm. like towards the end of each of those sets, like I kind of start to just go through the motions and like, just wish the set was over so like how do you stay like mentally hard during during tough lifts you know um that's a good point there are some days where I do like just I don't want to be in the gym whatsoever but uh to like stay on top of it I try to go like mix things up almost like obviously you're saying five by five for squat and deadlift that's seems like it'd be a lot just in general um so maybe I'll do like I split that up into two days, maybe for just a solid example. But to stay hard, I try and switch things up every once in a while. Like currently, I'm trying to like find a new split that'll work for me because um, I've been doing this one for a while. So just yeah, I think switching th things up. I think um, switching things up is so important, and I've also read a bit that like <clears throat> switching up workouts and switching up stimulants, like that's how you achieve muscle growth because if you do the same lifts over and over, like you're going to plateau. So you got to like shock yeah. the system. That's um, right. And so I got, I actually have your workout program pulled up here. I think it's cool that you post that publicly. Yeah. Um, how is like this current split going for you? And like, do you want to walk, walk me through it a bit and like the, the thought process behind it? Yeah. So I'm going to pull it up right now. Um, so it's actually kind of wrong at the moment. So recently, like within the last week or two, I switched. I was supposed to hit chest Monday and Thursday. Now I hit it Monday and Friday. Um, but other than that, it's still the same. So Monday, like at Monday and Friday, I hit chest and try. Um, so bench is literally my favorite lift. So oh, on my program. Everybody, everybody says that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but on my program, I didn't put a weight or rep range in there because – I feel like some people can do like a three by 10 or three by 12, whatever. But I do, I would just work up to a heavy set, like a heavy single or heavy double pretty much every time I bench, which, you know, could be problematic in itself. So I just don't put anything there. Yeah. Um, and then I like to stick to three to five workouts per um like day almost because one thing I learned is you could do six seven eight workouts and feel like you did a lot but it's not sustainable you know your body's gonna get tired um you're gonna overtrain it might end up hurting yourself which is the last thing anyone who works out or does anything physical wants is an injury um so I try to keep it relatively short 
Um, I'm usually in the gym for about an hour a day, maybe even less. Um, back days, Tuesday and Friday, um, they're my least favorite days at the moment. Um, to be honest, I'm just not a fan of training back. It's just, I don't know, something about it. There's no big movement for me. I don't deadlift anymore because I hurt myself. Um, so I got to find some sort of alternative. Yeah, back for me is like the one body part that I really despise. Like I'd even rather lift legs than lift back. I've just never been able to like really feel like that contraction or like, I mean, if you're lifting chest or you're lifting arms, like you feel the pump, like you see it, like it feels good. It looks good. But like with your back, like I've very rarely even had a back pump. Um, oh, yeah. One thing that I've been doing though, that is starting to, I think, change that a bit is like really starting to incorporate pull-ups every time I do back. So like I'll do wide grip pull-ups for back and then I'll do like close grip chin-ups for, uh, for biceps. So those have mm -hmm. been really good. Um, yeah, but I'm, I'm going to have to overload that. Yeah. Like um, what you said about not feeling anything in your back. And that's a huge problem for so many people. Like uh, even till recently, I don't always feel it or get the pump in my back. And it's all, you can look up videos or, you know, TikToks, YouTube of how to, you know, feel it more or get a better workout. But um, it's just not very fun to me, I guess, but it's got to get done. Yeah. And um, I think it's also really interesting, like how looking at this program, like you said, you only have like usually like three to five workouts per day and you're in there and out of there in less than an hour. And something that I've been a victim of is like a victim of myself is like overloading the workout plan so getting like eight to ten sets in there and then I end up being there for like an hour and a half and then the next day like I'm burnt out and tired so it's mm -hmm. interesting to see that you actually have cut a lot of sets and that has allowed you to stay more consistent so that's something mm -hmm. that I might look into doing yeah like I want to be able to you know get a good workout in and then I want to be able to work out tomorrow like I don't want to have to take a day in the middle of the week just because I trained too hard on you know, whatever Monday, maybe, but, uh, yeah, I like to keep it short, you know, train with a lot of intensity, which, you know, I had to learn over the past two years, like intensity is everything. Like however hard you're going to work is, you know, how much you're going to gain, I guess. Yeah. And how do you maintain that intensity? Like, is, is it the pre-workout? Is it loud music or is it just mental discipline? Um, it's kind of all of the above, you know, music is great if you i literally if i get to the gym and i forget my airpods i will go home and go get them <laughs> like um same with there's pre-workout you know the caffeine is i don't really use pre-workout for the caffeine anymore it's just more of the other products in it that'll either you know give me a good pump or focus um you know stuff like that and then obviously the mental discipline is huge you know you got to stay locked in for that solid hour um it's kind of like a game day i guess for football i saw one of your tweets you said something along those lines so that's what i kind of took it as yeah i i've related it to taking a, an exam because like i'm pulling up to the test day like with loud music going on in my head like super caffeinated like very nervous um mm -hmm. but i guess for you like this is your thing like you're showing up every day like this is your time to shine this is your time to perform which is oh, so yeah. cool that's kind of how i've I'm trying to start to feel with this podcast, but 
like you said, it's just about consistency and showing up every day and putting in the reps because oh yeah, if you show up three days a week, like three to four days a week for most people in the gym is like really good. But mm-hmm. if you can show up six days a week for a year, like extrapolate that over a year, you are getting three extra workouts a week over 52 weeks. You're getting 150 extra workouts a year over a year times two mm-hmm. years that you've been doing this. You have 300 extra workouts than somebody who's going to the gym three days a week. And so like, yeah. that's what is so volume is so interesting to me, like consistency and volume. Mm-hmm. And there's so much more that goes into it too. Like, you know, three to four times a week for people, you know, is good because they might have work, school, et cetera. And then uh, along with working out, you got to eat and recover properly and sleep. Sleep's the most important thing like anyone could do. Um, like if you don't get eight, seven, eight, nine hours of sleep at night, it's almost like selling yourself short pretty much because Sleep is such a good recovery tool, at least from the workout standpoint. Totally. I mean, that's where your body literally recovers and rebuilds the muscles and even your mind, like to have the mental discipline to show up the next day, like you need to sleep in order to have that discipline. So like, what is your typical sleep schedule like right now? Um, so right now, I usually try to be in bed or like, yeah, just be in bed around 10 10 30 um sometimes earlier and then i'll either go on my phone reply like answer dms or comments and then i'll fall asleep watching youtube or something and luckily i just i'm out i fall asleep so fast um it's like a blessing yeah same here i'm uh i feel like an old man sometimes like compared to a lot of kids in college because like I'll be trying to get into bed like by 9.30 or 10. Um, mm-hmm. It doesn't always happen. Like last night I went to bed probably like 11, but it is what it is. Um, yeah. And then what time What time are you normally waking up? Um, so on Tuesday and Thursday I have class. I got to leave at 11, so I got to work out before that. So I try and get up around 7, 7.30. But then other than that, I usually try to be awake by 8 and then probably – get out of bed 8 15 8 30 ish so yeah you're getting a solid like nine hours which is huge especially for somebody who's in the gym so much like right i'm i'm not on that level i'm usually getting like six and a half seven unfortunately but that's something i gotta keep working on yeah for sure and then like Uh, obviously another huge part of recovery is nutrition so like what is your typical what does a typical day of eating look like for you right now um, so I'll wake up and uh, I'll eat a bagel and then I'll go to the gym. So I just have a simple breakfast with carbs and fats, protein, whatever. And then I work out, come home, I'll make four eggs with cheese and then I'll make like another bagel sandwich with the eggs. Um, go to class or do what I got to do. Then I'll eat lunch which is rice and ground beef or ground turkey, um, which is roughly 1,200 calories. And I'll have that twice a day. Oh, damn. Okay. Along with, like, protein shakes or protein bars or snacks I have. Um, 
Yeah, that's all about what I eat in a day, really, right now. So how many calories is that normally sitting at? Um, so I try to – my goal is like 3,700 that I write down for myself. And then uh, it's usually about 4,000 a day, which is helping me gain weight at the moment. Um, it seems like a lot, but in reality, it really isn't, to be honest. Yeah, 4,000 is kind of crazy for me to hear. Um, mm-hmm. But, like, if you're trying to bulk – and what do you weigh right now, by the way? Um, so I was around 208, 209, and then I was sick for a couple of days, so now I'm, like, 206. Okay, gotcha. Well, because your, your uh, baseline calories are, like, way higher than mine because I know if I was eating 4,000 calories a day right now, like, I, that'd be tough, I think, even. Um, yeah. But for putting on size, like, you're definitely getting your 200 grams of protein, like, easily. Mm-hmm. So Yeah. And uh, it's hard sometimes to eat, first off, because sometimes you get sick of whatever you make every day, and it's like, yeah, bro, I don't, I don't want to eat this. So you just got to get it down somehow. Um, yeah. And yeah, I find it interesting you... that you, like, you wake up and you eat a bagel, and then you go to the gym and you come back and have another bagel. And, like, I know so many people online and in the fitness community like demonize carbs and like they try to like do all these intermittent fasting things and not eat carbs until night. So like, mm-hmm. what's your thoughts on that? I love carbs, bro. Um, <laughs> like so, carbs, I swear they make the world go round. But uh, no, they just give me so much energy and I feel good and full is like a term people in the fitness industry use where like you just feel like you're ready to go almost. Um, but uh, carbs, they help me or help my goal in the sense is to gain weight and carbs will help me do that. Um, okay. No, that makes a lot of sense. Um, I, I'm right there with you. I love carbs. I just had like three bowls of cereal this morning. Yeah. Um, I, but usually I stay away like until night because I notice like it helps me focus more if I just mm-hmm. stick to like proteins and fats. So it's like a never ending science experiment, like figuring oh, yeah. out like what your body runs on the best, like what your mind runs on the best. So I think it's oh, always sure. like always iterating and changing that. Um, for sure. Yeah. And so obviously you've been doing this for two years, which seems like a long time, but in the grand scheme of things, it's not. So like, mm-hmm. what is your, what's your end goal with this? Do you have one? So there's not really an end goal because I haven't really thought that far ahead, but right now is I've been thinking a lot about either doing a bodybuilding competition or a powerlifting meet just because if I'm going to spend all this time working hard and dieting properly, I got to see what I can do with it. So see where I place in a bodybuilding competition. Maybe that's a route I want to go or I do want to try a powerlifting meet because I have I just want to see where I'd place like it's always helps the ego you know compete against other people if you win if you don't it's always going to be a good time and you know make me feel better about myself totally and I mean if you're putting in that much work like you want I mean it sounds egotistical but you probably want other people to like see that all this work you're doing like it's paying off and like it's for a reason um and obviously and, but go ahead yeah i was just gonna say I, I i find it interesting that like you post your workouts publicly because mm-hmm. in the twitter community there's a lot of fitness guys out there 
but they'll like withhold that information and like make people pay them for their programs and for like one-on-one coaching. So I was like, I was wondering if you ever thought about going that route. Yeah. Ever since I've seen you start posting on Twitter, like uh, I've really contemplated like, why not, you know, learn about the Twitter space and just start posting, you know, facts or plans or meal plans or whatever, just to even strengthen my following or make it even bigger. You know what I'm saying? Um, you know, I've thought about it. I just, I got to do more research on how that works and all that Twitter uh, space. I don't know much about it. Yeah. I mean, I'd be happy to tell you a bit more about it. Like once we hop off or anything, but it's, it's a really interesting space. And like, there's this whole fitness community out there. Like I, I'm not really in it because I'm not trying to just go the fitness route. I'm trying to like talk to these people that are in the fitness route and other things, but Mm -hmm. I really like following them because I'm a huge fitness guy myself. And so it's like this group or like this community of people, like very similar to yourself that have like thousands of followers. And then they're coaching people on Twitter that they find on Twitter, like full time, like it's their full time job. And it's just crazy Mm -hmm. that they're able to do this through a social media platform. Yeah, it is crazy. Um, And I've never actually I have thought about, you know, making or having people pay for like a workout plan or a meal plan. And like recently I was thinking like five or ten bucks a month, but you get my entire workout program, meal program, um, maybe like private, you know, discords or group chats with just me and some other people that can give you solid information. So. I've been really thinking about that, uh, but uh, I feel like Twitter could be a great place to, uh, you know, have that happen. No, definitely. And I mean, you already have the following on Instagram, on TikTok, so you can bring those people over to your new platform. Um, And I mean, for some kid out there who's like following you and like, he's he's like, oh, this guy's huge. Like, I want to look like this guy someday. Like, a five bucks a month payment to get your workout plan. Like, I mean, I would, I would probably have done it as a kid. So I yeah. think it's a cool idea. Yeah. And it's, you know, I used to have a, uh, a powerlifting coach and then it was a free program, which I was grateful for. And then he kind of, he started charging people. It was like, you know, 15, 20 bucks a month, which isn't that much, but um, I kind of liked why he did it because he was getting so many people from around the area just to use his program. And now he's making money from it, which I, I like the idea about that. Um, yeah. I think it's smart, especially to start off free because then you can like just give value to people and see if like your plan actually works for other people. And then exactly. they can give you testimonials and be like, Hey, like I, I used Connor's plan. Like I had these type of results and you can use that as social proof and then you start yeah. charging and that's how the cycle gets going. Um, but it's interesting. Exactly. It's like the more you give away for free, the more you get back in return, but that shouldn't be the mm-hmm. goal, I guess, at first, it should just be the give. Right. Cause at some point you're going to have like such a big following or influence on people. And then your information is going to be so valuable, I guess. Um, and then you could just, you know, start off small and then just work your way up and, go that kind of route I guess no exactly and I think that's why having like this personal brand or whatever is so important because 
you become like the business in some sense. Like people mm-hmm. know you as this type of person and they go to you for information specifically about fitness, nutrition, and diet. Like they don't have to yeah. go look it up online. They're like, I have, I follow this exact guy and I know he's doing these things. Um, which I think oh, is yeah. such an interesting thing about a personal brand. And people would much rather have someone they know or pay like, you know, five bucks a month to be in a chat or get weekly newsletters, for example, to get with like a specific person rather than Google telling them what to do. You know, it's kind of like that personal connection. Totally. And it builds trust too, because now like your, your name is behind all this stuff you're putting out. It's not some anonymous thing out there that could potentially be a scam or something like you have that credibility because it's under your own name, which is, yeah. I mean, it's a trade-off because like we were saying earlier, like that social anxiety and like wondering what people are going to think of you is like the cost for doing that. But once mm-hmm. you're able to get over that, like there's really no downside. There's only upside. Yeah. You're right. Um, yeah. And so totally what was agree. your, uh, what was like your growth strategy on uh, like TikTok and Instagram specifically? Um, so TikTok, I was just making videos or trends that were going on at the time. I didn't really have like a set, you know, strategy. It was just kind of what I wanted. And then once I hit, like, I think it took me a while to start growing on social media, but then once I hit, I think I hit 5k or something like that around May, um, I was like, this is kind of sick. So I started making the content that I wanted to, or I felt was good. And that just skyrocketed my growth because once I was just being me, um, more people, I guess, connect with you in a way. And, uh, yeah, I got, went from like 5k to 10k in like a month or two. And then now I'm almost at 30k. Um, wow. Which is, that growth is know, exponential like it starts it off slow but then once you start to figure it out it's just like holy shit it doesn't stop yeah that's crazy and it's so it's so cool to hear like that started happening once you started posting stuff that you wanted to rather than like putting on this facade or like putting on this character um, exactly which seems like it would be the opposite on the surface level like you would want to come across as like this perfect person who like doesn't do anything wrong and like only eats clean food and like all these perfect things. But people Mm -hmm. don't relate to that. People relate to like you being a real person, which is so cool. Oh yeah. And there was one point, um, I'm gonna be brutally honest. Uh, there was a while ago, I made a video. It was like directed at certain people. It was like, what are you doing, bro? Uh, just like, you gotta get your eating in check or something like that. And even though my eating was nowhere near correct. Mm-hmm. So I was like putting on this, you know, mask or fake print portraying this fake uh like model almost where you gotta eat right to be at this level when even though I wasn't doing it. You know. So I kinda yeah. don't do that anymore. I kinda just wanna portray what I'm doing and uh hopefully get other people to, you know, improve themselves. No, I've, I've felt the same type of things because like, we want to put these things out there to show like that we're doing all the right things, but in reality, no, we're not perfect. 
And right. I think it takes a lot of humility to be able to say that. And it's just mm-hmm. a learning experience. Like, cause now going forward, like you realize that's not the image you want to place out there. So I think that's super right. cool. Yeah. Um, it is, you know, I'm trying to, recently I've been trying to do these mic'd up workout videos and uh, that has been kind of the route I've been trying to go recently. And it's just, I haven't been able to like sit behind a camera and just like record myself working out because in the gym, I'm just so dialed in. Like, I don't know yeah. how to talk to a camera. So that's what I'm working on right now. It's just a learning curve, dude. Like once you start to do it, you'll, you'll realize it's actually not that bad. It's just like getting over that initial friction. And oh, yeah. also like, have there been people in the gym that have like tried to make you stop recording or anything like that? Um, not yet, which I'm grateful for. There have been, I do my best to try to not record people, but like, if I have to, if I need a spot that I don't know, like someone I don't know, I'll ask like, yo, you mind if I record this? Most likely they'll say no problem. I don't think I've had a no yet. Um, but I do my best not to record people and I haven't really had an issue with that quite yet. Okay, that's good. Because I just know that sometimes in those public gyms, and I know you go to LA Fitness, like sometimes they got a problem with people trying to record and make content mm-hmm. in there. Yeah. Which I don't see get... the downside to. Like you're actually right. promoting their gym, maybe. Right. And I'm close with the uh, people that work there. And um, he's in a bunch of my videos. And, you know, they don't really mind me recording. But as long as I'm not being, you know, rude about it, if someone gets in my video, I'm not going to be like, yo, watch where you're walking. I'm just going yeah. to, it's a public gym. Exactly. Exactly. No, I think that's a cool way to look at it. Um, mm-hmm. And then I guess one last thing before we wanted to, ho- before we're going to hop off here, like what could younger people start to do to, to get in the gym or get their fitness and health? Like what's one thing that they could start to do? Um, honestly, for younger people, like we talk in 13, 14, 15 that kind of age even like yeah. our age honestly even i feel like age. we're pretty young still <laughs> we are still young um i guess honestly if you're you know how i was tall skinny you know just eat um food is a f- very good friend of mine right now um you know if you're overweight you can honestly just start walking i see you tweet about walks a lot you get a lot done when you're walking um is just do some sort of physical activity or eat um you know try and track your calories honestly that's helped me a bunch um but just being active or find people that you want to be around like say you want to get in the gym try and surround yourself with people that work out or you know live in that space um and obviously just look up videos or watch follow people that you want to that you find admirable or inspired by. I think those are a couple of really cool points. And I really like the the walking example because like, it seems insignificant to say like, I'm going to go walk to start to get my fitness in check. But like, it's just, you have to start small. And then after that, like maybe you walk for 30 minutes a day for a couple of weeks and then it gets easy. Then you start to maybe jog for 10 minutes and then it just compounds. And I think it's the same thing with eating and lifting and all these things. Oh, yeah. And then I think the other really important thing you said is like surrounding yourself with people who 
have the same values because if you're surrounding yourself with people who like aren't interested in their health or aren't interested in fitness, like it's going to be very easy to be influenced by them and not take your own health very seriously. So I think that's a really cool point. And I think that's why you can use social media to your advantage. And like, you can surround yourself with these people even without actually being with them in person. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Like, the there's, literally, there's people on social media that I've, you know, looked up to, inspired by. Like, I've, I've been following them, and I've literally had conversations with them, which is crazy to think about. Um, so, yeah, just finding your niche or your group of people that you want to either be around or be like, I guess. Um, that's a great way to just start. Um, and just starting, starting isn't easy. You just got to do it. You just got to do it. It's literally like that black and white, that cutthroat. You just have to do it. And it sounds like, sounds easy, but it's not like starting is the hardest part. Um, so yeah, this was a, this was a very cool conversation, dude. Thank you for coming on. Do you have anything you want to shout out like Instagram, TikTok or anything? Um, I mean, if you guys want, you can follow me on TikTok at CornFit, and then Instagram is just Connor Berkeley. Um, and thanks again, Jack, for having me here. Dude, no worries. I'll make sure I um I put those down below. I'll put your link tree down below. I love that you got that. Very smart, awesome, bro. Thanks, um, man. Yeah, I appreciate it, dude. To give a quick recap of the episode, at the start, we talked about why Connor started posting fitness content and how he overcame the social anxiety that came with posting. Around the four-minute mark, we talked about his initial transformation. Around the six-minute mark, we talked about staying consistent in the gym over the past two years. Around the nine-minute mark, we talked about his current training split. Around the 16-minute mark, we talked about his current sleep schedule and how sleep is so important for growing in the gym. Around the 19-minute mark, we talked more diet and his current macronutrients and calories. Around the 24-minute mark, we talked a bit about fitness Twitter and how it's a growing space. Around the 28-minute mark, we talked overall social media growth. Around the 30-minute mark, we talked about the dangers of portraying a fake narrative on social media. And around the 33-minute mark, we talked about how young people can get in the gym. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe to the podcast and share it with a friend who you think might benefit. You can also find me on Twitter for key takeaways from these episodes at JackMosesZero. Again, thank you for listening. This has been Jack Moses with the Modern Mentorship Podcast.